I'm Michelle Broadbent and welcome to your Business Boost podcast. Join me as I take you behind the scenes to show you what it's really like to build a successful business. I'll be sharing practical tools, advice and insights that will change the way you work. So if you're ready to boost your business and your life, let's get started with today's episode. this episode of Your Business Boost podcast. I am really, really happy that you are here because I have got a wonderful woman to introduce you to today. She is someone who absolutely embodies what it means to provide exceptional service to her clients and to her community. Laura McLeod is an award-winning hairdresser and she's also a highly acclaimed national educator. She founded her first business, which was a salon called The Ruby Room back in 2010, which she ran for seven very, very successful years. She built it to a seven-figure business. Uh, She was uh, awarded with many awards and accolades, but she chose to exit that business to pursue her true love, which was educating, mentoring, and training salon owners and their teams. And so McLeod Education was born. Now, I have been very, very privileged to support Laura as she grew this second business. And it has been an absolute joy to see her as this champion for her industry. She is someone who can, you know, spot a a problem from a mile away and then goes about finding a solution for those problems for her industry. She was someone who I watched so beautifully and gracefully support her community through the horror show of the last couple of years. And she talks about what that was like and how that all played out in our interview today. And I think, you know, it is a lesson for us all in maintaining that spirit of service, whether it involves you or not, and how it paid off for her. It's a great story. And I'm going to let Laura tell you that herself. But she is one of these women that is just such a cheerleader for her clients. And I love being that for her. I know a lot of her clients because, you know, I've gotten to to know them over the last few years. I have um, presented to her clients. Um, You know, she's just, she will do anything for them. And this is what I just love so, so much about her is that community that she has built and they love her right back. Their loyalty is next level. And I think it's because she has always remained so loyal to them. I know you are going to feel very inspired after listening to my chat with my fantastic client, Laura McLeod. Laura, thank you so much for being here today. I'm really, really looking forward to our chat. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, good. Now, look, I think we'll kick off because everyone loves a business origin story. Um, So I would love for you to share yours with the listeners. How did you come to be where you are now? 
So um, funnily enough, I never intended to be the owner of a business. Um, I grew up with parents who were small business owners. So I had very much seen behind the curtains of the reality of being a boss. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was at a bit of a crossroads, I suppose, in my career where I had been an educator for a a large part of it Mm -hmm. and I and what I kind of call the support act I was sort of always you know behind the scenes and I actually got selected to be a part of a team of only four hairdressers in Australia who were sort of flagged as the ones to watch and um, this team we got to go to London and we um, you know presented across Australia and you know and I suppose yeah just that feeling of being that front lady was was pretty amazing and I realized as the team wrapped up that I either needed to just appreciate it as a one-off adventure or I stepped into that lead role and and really went for it and why I was kind of you know in that moment that very week my employer had made the decision without my input to shift me from working in the academy full-time and doing what I loved educating to uh, needing to be on the floor and servicing clients and so I just thought you know what if I'm going to be doing clients anyway, it might be time to do it for myself. Wow. So, yeah. So, how, how, um, old, how old were you then, Laura? Um, 20, 26. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, um, yeah, so that I, <laughs> oh, I laugh about it still with Ryan. So, on the Wednesday, I went and looked at a salon. On the Saturday, I picked up the keys. Um, on uh, he and I kind of block style on Sunday and Monday, made over the the salon. What I thought was polished concrete was actually a hole in the lino floor. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and opened on the opened on the Tuesday. So uh, yeah, I that was sort of um, that was in 2010 when I took over the existing salon. Um, I had one team member that came along with the salon, and it was taking about 100k a year. And my business strategy, which I do not recommend, by the way, um, <laughs> was the rent was $270. So I kind of thought if I just have one good colour client a week, I'll be able to pay the rent, and I can kind of work out the rest. Um, but yeah, from there, uh, my career and the business just kind of exploded. Um, within a year, we'd moved into a bigger space. And by year six of being in business, I had 18 team members and we'd made 1.53 million in that financial year. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So in um, 2017, I'd won some pretty amazing awards um I traveled internationally for fashion week and for education gigs and I think in that final show I looked back when I was reflecting on this I I think I did 30 shows that year across Australia like on top of the others and owning the salon and uh and I was up for like the biggest award in Australia I was up for um Australian hairdresser of the year I was the only female up for it um and I kind of was getting this feeling like that I ticked all the reasons that I went into business and then I was also very aware that I was doing a lot of things but not a lot of things well Um, my team deserved much more of my focus than I was giving them Um, my children were getting to that age because at that stage Harris and Maggie my my children were two and three and so they were sort of getting to that stage of 
noticing if I wasn't home for for story time Mm. um and I also sort of would catch myself I'm out educating other people's teams and I was teaching something on stage that hadn't even taught my own team members so um I knew that something had to give um and even though I worked in the hairdressing industry for me it's always been about the people behind the chair rather than the people sitting in it Mm -hmm. so I knew I wanted to go with education so as hard as the decision was I decided to sell the salon and probably quite luckily it sold in under two weeks so I didn't I didn't have time to or a chance to sort of change my mind yeah um, and then, yeah, so after the sale, I intended to have some some downtime <laughs> and I, you know, really wanted to work out what direction I wanted to go into education because I was a little bit of a conundrum for our industry because I was very good at teaching people technically, but I was also very good at teaching people communication styles and connection. And so the industry didn't quite know where to, you know, you. peg me for, put me for where my skill set laid. So I thought, well, I'll take some time and, and see where, where that goes. But uh, while I was waiting, uh, a salon owner reached out to me and the email just said, whatever you did at the Ruby Room, I need you to teach me how to do that. Um, and here I am, you know, five years later, I'm just passing on my skill set, I suppose, to both salon owners and stylists and their teams. And I'm just kind of like to think I'm helping them achieve the success they deserve. Yeah, and you do that. You do that beautifully. I see how incredibly well you support and what you deliver to your clients. So essentially, I mean, I I think something, you know, the common theme that I can see here is the pace. Those big changes have happened and that's, you know, that's absolutely what I love and have always loved about working with you is that you're, you're an action taker. You are, a, yeah. you know, I mean, we're both Torians yeah. And, yeah. And, and you are a true Torian in this. Like once you make a decision, it's like, bang, it's, and you make it happen. Um, yeah. And, um, and I just, I love, obviously, you know, you have been that shiny example to your community of, of someone who has just has had great success and something that you give back to them that I see, all the time is just you are their biggest champion. You are, you know, the biggest cheerleader and um, the level of service and support and care that you have for them is next level. So I'd love to know, you touched on it in, in the last answer about, you know, being more important to you, the people behind the chair than the people mm-hmm. sitting in the chair. So what is it that motivates you to, to champion them the way that you do? Because I've lived it. Yeah, you know, like I've I've been that stylist that's um, wrecked with anxiety because I'm not sure how to help the client with their their hair. Um, I've been the salon owner that um, can't find a, a team member, or you know, have you see Gad sitting on there for eight weeks, and you know, like, or you know, have you know, I talk a bit about the um, you know employees, um, you know, kind of killing you a a thousand paper cuts you know like it's all just these little tiny things so you know and I've lived all the joyful stuff as well so um I I know how relentless being the leader can be and for me whether that's being the the leader of a team or you know leading your household or just leading yourself you know it that's the word that I think of when I think of it it is relentless but I also know you know when when you're the owner, there isn't anyone to check in with when you're really proud of what you've achieved 
either. Um, like I had come from a very structured company where I had someone that I reported to and there were team meetings and gold stars, as you and I call them. So um, suddenly when I'm, you know, kicking these incredible goals, I, I, re- I felt sort of almost a bit empty that I didn't have anyone to boast to or, you know, say, you know what, yeah, yeah you killed it. So that's so big for me. I love being that cheering dance mum that sort of sees you and sees your worth and sees the contribution that you're making. Yeah. And you do that in spades, you know, that's yeah. that's the thing that, yeah, just shines out yeah. of you is you are their number one cheerleader. You are there in the good yeah. times and the not so good times as well. Yes. And I have watched you, um, well, obviously, you know, from an outsider's point of view with, with seemingly such grace supporting your clients and community when, when the going does get tough. So, yeah. Can we just talk about that for a bit? Because, mm, mm. Um, you know, I, I know how heavy going that can be to be the supporter when things are not so great. What's it Yeah. Been? Yeah. For me, it's kind of two things. You know, it's an honour to mm-hmm. think that people, like I know I do that to you when Michelle's in the room, I'm just like, everything's going to be okay. Um, and I can see I have that effect in, of the people in my community. So, you know, I love that honour of being that for them. But it can also, as you said, it can hold a lot of weight. Um, you know, I'm really experienced in helping people navigate diff- difficult conversations with their team members or maybe needing to have a tricky conversation with your accountant about your ATO bill. But, you know, March 2020 was just something else. Um, And I think because I speak so openly, um, you know, and in education style on social media, I had people who I'd never even met, you know, sending me these heartbreaking messages at all hours of the day. And, you know, I still still get goosebumps thinking about it. Um, but for me, I think the role of a mentor is to give guidance on a path that I have trodden. Mm. And I knew that this was going to be, you know, this pandemic and the the fallout was going to be way above my skill set. And this is what I do. If I don't know how to fix it, I'll find someone who does. And that's that's what I do in these bigger moments. I I did my best to see who was being the helpers um, and I put people in touch with professionals that were far more equipped than me, that, you know, people who could give practical advice, you know, people that weren't asking people to bloody pivot, you know, like people that were just like, because in our industry, there isn't a pivot. Um, so, uh, you know. So Turn it into getting, a pet store or. Yes, no. yes. There's no, yeah. And, and also, you know, like people just needed some really like practical stuff. So, you know accountants and grant writers and government links you know I was just kind of linking people together I suppose and then when I was doing that I could then instead be there in a capacity of being these business owners sort of soft place and um, just to be able to listen you know I think when your focus isn't solving something for someone you can hold such a different space for them um, which again I suppose then a little bit takes the weight away because I'm not trying to fix it for them. My only need is t- is to be there for them. Yeah, and I I, I watched you do that, and I mar- I marvelled at, at how you did that. And you you know you essentially rallied the troops there. I think for you to you know I will say this publicly, it was also a, like a an absence of ego as well because mm. I think a lot of people in in a position like yours would be like, 
Let me create the thing that's going to mm-hmm. fix the problem. Let mm-hmm. me be the one, you know, at the helm. But you you beautifully like just went, actually, no, this is this is out of my zone of genius, mm-hmm. but I know the people that I can connect you to. And 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 that was it was incredible to watch. And then what was even more amazing to watch mm-hmm. was that everyone came back. They yes. Came back, mm-hmm. They came back in spades. And you have the most loyal client base of, of, of many businesses that I know. I just mm-hmm. like, you know, I I get I hear all of your raving fans and, and <laughs> you know they, you know, you 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 create something and they and they buy it. And you're, you know, you're booked out for your mentoring and training months in advance. Um, and I also know that um you have done all of this without sexy lead magnets and sophisticated sales funnels and all the other tricks that that we often get told we should do mm-hmm. um so uh, you know in the spirit of of drawing back the curtain on on yep. other ways of of doing this could you share like how much of this was intentional how much of it was organic like how long did it take like I'd love just some insights into how it has happened without all of those bells and whistles and tricks that we get told that we should all be implementing in our businesses yes well I think you if anyone know how tech savvy I I am (laughs) so yeah um I think I say what people are thinking and I think now, because I'm the fun aunt of the industry, you know, like I don't have salon clients, um, I don't have a team, I can say what people in our industry are thinking and that definitely builds trust and connection. Um, So, you know, when it comes to sales, I'd never been familiar with the concept of farmer or, you know, farmer or hunter, um, Mm. but I've realised I am absolutely a farmer and thank goodness I am not a hunter because if I was relying on hunting I would be raiding the pantry (laughs) um it's definitely deliberate um it comes from my years of hairdressing you know like I worked out pretty quickly when I got on the floor that it was much easier to get someone to return than it was to find a new client but in that also there was this element of control of that if I was getting the people back that I wanted to get back, I was then choosing who I was spending my days with. Um, and that's really important to me. I think particularly in this role, like oh, if we work together, I give every ounce of secret sauce that I have. Um, but I, I choose who I give that to also. Um, and um I'm very aware, you know, that when it comes to education, you know, I might be educating one person, but there's absolutely two clients. There's a person that I'm teaching and there's a person that's paid for them to be there. Uh And, you know, and then if there's a corporate brain involved, sometimes there's actually a third client. So, you know, ensuring that the outcomes of working with me can meet all their needs is is always my focus. Yeah. Yeah. I think my biggest aha moment was years ago watching the Simon Sinek TED Talk, you know, about the why. And so, you know, when I'm promoting a product or our amazing retreat that's coming up or, you know, working with me, it's not about what the product is, but it's about what it's solving for you. Um, And I can, you know, you know, I can really kind of look at for as long as, um, you know, it took before this role a good five years when you sort of talked about 
you know, how long did it take? I think five years before I sort of got into this and I was still owning my my salon, I educated nationally um, and I definitely got in front of a lot of audiences because I get asked yeah. that a bit about how do you build an education brand when someone else isn't promoting you? Yeah. And so I used the time when I was affiliated with someone to um, really, you know, get in front of a lot of audiences and connect with them and because I didn't at that time have the pressure of building a business off it. Um, I used the time really wisely. I number one, I went regional. Yeah. I think a lot of a lot of people ego doesn't let them go regional. Yep. And um I went regional, I went regional Queensland, regional New South Wales. Um, and you know, in some of those areas, I was having over 80 people in a room mm. where in a capital city I was, you know, there were six. Yes. So, uh, and I now work with some phenomenal regional salon owners in Bundaberg and in Toowoomba and in Townsville. And I can tell you, they give the city salons a run for their money. Mm. Um, so that was my number one tip is go where people were wanting it and weren't receiving it. Yeah. Uh, and number two, being memorable. I, like, you know, I absolutely like if someone came along, you know, like I like I really for me, I never take for granted the time and the money that people invest in me. And I was mm. just, you know, even like, you know, at the moment, it's still building and evolving, you know, when the Omicron wave hit Queensland, because we yeah. kind of we've had, don't get me wrong, lockdowns really affected Queensland, but this Omicron wave was really you know, the logistics of how we've worked finally changed here in Queensland. So I took the leap of teaching online. Um, yes. And, you know, uh, I, the results wise rise quite funnily um, from a training perspective. It's the best I've ever gotten. Um, and uh, my next intake, which starts next month, um, it's actually triple what I had in, in January. So from in three months, the, the intake take has tripled so and but from that more than half of them being returned um are clients that are returning you know they're sending the next team member they've had such a good experience that they're like who else can I send to you yeah amazing it's so So no I get on the insta stories sometimes when my hair and makeup looks great but (laughs) but otherwise (laughs) that's my bells and whistles yeah and I think too like you you come back to like being known for something like not being afraid to speak on behalf of you know saying the thing that everyone else is thinking um that's that's that plays such an important part because it Mm. forms that like people will either like you or they Mm. won't and if they like you and they feel like they know you they're gonna do business with you like Mm. because you know you've just you make it really really easy and I think um you know in in this in the digital space in particular there is a, a big emphasis on building a community creating a membership and and look you you've absolutely done that by providing that supreme level of service and sadly that's usually the the missing element like people Mm. want the community they want the membership they want the people but then they they don't they don't want to give them the love and care that that you that you have done um and like I assume that that has all come obviously from from your years of of 
being in service, um, you know, yep. having bricks and mortar, you know, bricks and mortar business. And now, you know, well, now look at you, we can say that you have <laughs> an online business because of, the, because of the online training. What do you think is easy that like having, you know, the, the bricks and mortar or, or the, I guess the hybrid business that you have now, what, what's, what do you, did you find easier and, and why? I've always been about the details. Um, I think if you're trying to compete on product alone, there's always going to be someone that's got a bigger budget than you do or has got a bigger skill set that you do. Um, And I definitely worked that out, you know, in that first week of having the Ruby Room. And I have still to this day this laminated piece of paper that was the Ruby Room dream. And it was like if it was a dream visit for my dream client, how would that look? And that's what we based the service on from when it was just me to when there was 18 of me. Um, And for me, you know, the experience of my service, whether it's in an actual space or whether I'm hosting you online, the details and the system of how it's delivered is everything. You know, I have it all written out. Um, You'd probably have it in a nice spreadsheet. I've got it handwritten. Um, But, you know, I'm very you know, sending notes and, you know, like all those sort of things. It's, But, you know, that comes from being crystal clear on three things. I think it's sort of, number one, why do I own the business? Because why I own this current business and why I owned the, the Ruby Room is, is quite different. Mm-hmm. Um, number two is being really clear on why do clients return? Not why do they come to me in the first place, but why are they choosing to come back? Um, because, you know, whether it's social or when you're winning awards, you'll attract people that actually aren't your people. So it's the people that come back that I'm really, really clear on then on why they are returning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if you have a team, why have they aligned um, their career with yours? Um, you know, when I was bricks and mortar business, I was crystal clear on who my my client was. So I knew you know, how to not only meet their expectations, because that's a given these days, you know, like in a salon, you can't just say you've got espresso coffee, you know, like it's sort of, you know, um, you know, we had my client, I could even pinpoint her down to a name um, and I knew who she was, I knew where she worked. And so we, uh, she was a working professional mother that hardly had a moment to spare, let alone three hours to get her hair done. So I actually extended the salon and made a separate basin room with the lights down low and different music, you know, so that they could kind of make the absolute most of the time that they were there. It felt like a good use of their of their time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I did that as long as they continued to choose me. And that's what I do now. You know, I'd like to think that my service continues to grow you know this business it's exactly the same you know it's like whether I'm teaching a stylist or I'm mentoring a salon owner like if they don't leave me thinking that was the best use of their time and money then I haven't done my job and I remember that as an apprentice being at the basin like if if they didn't go back to my boss and be like god that was great then it's like it wasn't good enough and like that has just followed me through and I think you know when you touch about ongoing communities or memberships I, I think they fail when not enough focus goes into who you already have as opposed to who you're trying to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, you know, people are going to, communities are going to come and go and people are going to be in different seasons of their business of when they need your support and when they don't. But 
anything I design is for the person I already have and how am I going to make their life better? And if it could help someone else, fantastic. That's just that's music to my ears because it is it's just so much you touched on this earlier it's so much easier to keep an existing client than to be yeah like for want of a better word slutting yourself around to you know the whole wide world and you know attracting you know we're you know all attract people that maybe not necessarily become clients but it's the way that you take care of the ones that you've got Mm. um and you you do do that wonderfully especially with your yeah the attention to detail and that supreme service that Mm. you provide um yeah un un unwavingly like you know you just Mm. do it it permeates out of everything that you do um thank you but look, as as the as the supreme service giver helper that you are, <laughs> um, you know we all know that even helpers need the helpers. So I think it's mm-hmm. really important for for our listeners to know, like who who do you get to support you and how do they do it? Because you can't, you know, you you have well you have broad shoulders as do I as do all of the helpers but it's like there's only so much that you can carry yourself um and especially through a lot of the stuff that your that your clients have been through so who who helps the helper here um yeah I am so so open to support and I love a good delegation um uh you know I have support in all areas of my life which has been an incredible lesson from from you you know mm-hmm. when I um when I first so I had the Ruby room I was the only team member there the first person I hired was a receptionist oh really so you did yeah. your, your first hire wasn't another no it wasn't another oh, hairdresser okay. because yep. I I knew I needed to hire someone that could run the desk and my appointment book and just kind of let me be the star and they kind of do all the other things and ensure the phone was answered. And, you know, people want their, uh, you know, back then they didn't DM, that's how long ago it was, but, you know, they yeah. want their their inquiries answered immediately. Yeah. And I didn't want to then be taking my focus off the people that were in my chair. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so look, when it comes at home, it comes for me it comes in all different forms and in different seasons of what's happening with my workload you know I um, have a cleaner I have hello fresh I was very late to the party but that is a game changer and look this week my children are having tuck shop five days in a row um, I am not trying to win Instagram lunchbox mum of the year um, <laughs> I don't need to win that that's not my superpower um, but you know that I am and the kids love it they think it's Oh, yeah. I'm the cool mum because they're getting a bloody hot dog cheese and sauce today. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I yeah. when people sort of say, I don't know how you do it all, I'm just like, it's easy. I, I don't. You know, like when I was at the absolute, what I think, pinnacle of my career when I was that broadly stretched, you know, mm. I had someone else managing the salon. I had mm. two receptionists. I had uh, an accountant. I had someone helping with social media. I had a full-time nanny that she, I didn't have to get them to school or get them to childcare. And if they were sick, it was okay because the nanny arrived at 7am and I could get in the shower and then I could could leave. And obviously I don't need that level of support now. But, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very much, I know where my superpower is and I know when 
when and if I ever tried to do it all, it, it, it kind of unravels. And, you know, professionally, I have amazing mentors in my life, like you, for example, for strategy when I've got 47 tabs open and you help me <laughs> get it into a diary or my accountant, Ange, um, yeah. I call her, she's the Thelma to my Louise. Oh. You know, I know like my brother just who is in business cannot understand why I don't do my own bookkeeping and it's like well I could but why would I when I can have someone that can do it at such a better level than than I can um and not being across your finances can in your business can just be such an undoing and I think people can get really stuck in it so I would far rather put my hand up and say to Ange can you explain this PL to me? Can you talk me through my cash flow? You know, we meet every month. She in my business works like a chief financial officer, not an accountant that that, you know, does my tax once a year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think also I have incredible business owners in my in my circle, you know, the likes of like Hannah Statham and Helen Jacobs. We've invented this yearly retreat that Hannah has um, coined. Or you, the, or you can eat yeah, retreat. Yeah, I can, I can eat retreat. Um, but what we do is we, because uh, it was sort of, it came in the midst of the pandemic and these things weren't happening, but obviously at that time we sort of had more pressure, I suppose, on us than, than ever because we're all in roles where we're helping people, yourself included. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, yeah, we made this weekend away. It was very informal. It had wine and cheese and, you know, uh, sleep-ins but we pulled apart each other's businesses and we really delved into them and then we sort of you know kind of dusted each other off and sent us back out for a year and so yeah we have done that now twice and we've got one coming up again again this year so having that kind of support and that help is really important and I think lastly I'm you know, I'm huge on education. I, you know, whether that looks like a, a podcast in the in the car to work, or if it's attending, um, you know, a course and being the attending myself, um, you know, like Mel Brown's financial adulting course was, you know, I've told her myself. I've totally fangirled that that poor woman. Um, you know, it was ga- it was game it's game changing for me. God help me when she comes to Brisbane. I'll be like a fan with a poster in line. Um, but you know, I'm you know I'm aware that there's always something to learn, and I'm just so grateful that women like yourself and those that come on this podcast are just generous generous enough to to share it. Yeah. Well, you've been super generous, and I love that. You know, taking us behind the curtains of how it all works in your real life because often we see women like yourself and you know like you said is she doing it all no she is not no she's not there's how she does it and that beautiful support network that you do have you your your gang of um of you know all you can eat retreat which is I love it. It's like only ha- only Hannah could get away with calling something like that. But um, but yeah, you guys, you know, it's so vital. And I see how how beautifully you guys support one another too. It's it's really wonderful. So so, what do you think um would be like the most impactful things that you've done in order to boost your business? Without a doubt, the first thing is reaching out before I was ready. Ah, okay. Yep. Whenever I, the first really big stage show I got under my own name, not because I was sponsored or anything, mm. uh, there's this the huge conference coming where all the industry goes to. And I saw that they hadn't yet released who was coming. Mm-hmm. And I, um, you know, and I sent an email and just said, it was at this time where there was this wave of like, how do we connect to Gen Y? Um, and I had 17 of them. And so I was mm-hmm. like, 
I know everyone's talking about this. I can bring this to the stage. Um, and I had no idea how that was going to turn into a hair show. But I uh, anyway, so I sent it and she wrote back, amazing, pitch me your what your show will be about. So luckily I'm pretty quick on my feet and, and <laughs> did. And, um, yeah, that was a, a big turning point in my career and kind of what I got known for and probably still quite known for is being able to connect with your with your team so but any big moments in this business you know online going online my goodness I was I was like well it's, it's just the same isn't it I'm talking through no turns out it's not the same as you might know uh, and I absolutely did it before I was was ready but I I knew I could work it out and I knew if I couldn't I'd know someone who could and yeah uh, number two getting a mentor yeah. Not just in business, but in each particular, like I don't have one person that I expect that I can look up to and have the answer for everything. I have, you know, for marketing, for finance, for, for strategy, for, for health, you know, like I, I, I yeah, I, having a mentor and having someone that's trodden the path and, you know, can sit out of it and, you know, kind of, I suppose, make me catch my breath rather than jumping into everything. Um, but lastly, speaking of mentoring, definitely getting better at marketing and honing my voice and the message I want to say. Um, yeah, that without a doubt has boosted my business instead of, you know, trying to be the, you know, I'm very clear I am not the person that you come to if you want to do cool, crazy, shave it off haircuts, you know, like I can do them and they're out there. My superpower is getting your emerging stylist on the floor and giving them the t training you wish you had the time to do. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and th the more I know that that's my message, it just makes everything so easy. You know, it filters what I say yes to. It makes my social media easier. It makes my diary easier. It makes, yeah, yeah. So, yes, definitely yeah. honing my voice. It mm. just makes it easy for people to work with you because they know mm exactly what you are going to be giving them you're not yeah, yeah there's not going to be crazy shaved heads yeah. um but you're doing something far more sustainable than a particular style of yeah haircut, um, yeah that's going to impact their business for years to come yes um, and you do it absolutely brilliantly so I have one more question for you which is completely not really business related, but I ask all of our guests um, to provide the listeners with a recommendation, something that you've read, watched, listened to, eaten, been something <laughs> to. Um, what is Laura's recommendation? Uh, well, I chose two books because I love to read. Um, on a professional level, I don't think you can beat The E-Myth by um, Michael Gerber. Um, it's all about, you know, creating systems for the experiences in your salon and it's about sort of taking the magic that you have as a technician and being able to make it bigger than you. Because I think in business, it's so often the best technician in the business is normally the owner. Yeah. And it's that skill set of being able to pass it on and recreate it that, you know, can then let you, yeah, make your business no, where you haven't bought yourself a job. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, that and on a personal level, um, Glennon Doyle's Untamed. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, I could not put it down. And mm. I can't tell you how many women I have recommended it mm. to. Um, yeah, just the the message in that and all these sort of little oh, light bulb moments gosh. going off, yeah. as, you know, about the conditioning and, you know, what um, 
it's okay to expect, you know, to not want to settle, you know, like as I definitely, I am someone as I'm, you know, I remember one time someone, and I think it was a backhanded compliment of sort of saying, oh, you know, you like to push the status quo. Um, And I do, you know, like I'm, you know, I'm 25 years into my industry and yeah, I, it kind of felt good to see on paper that it's okay to still want more. Absolutely. And, and she's been, that that book has been recommended a number of times here and, and (laughs) rightly so. Did you read it or did you listen to it? I read it. Uh, So I listened. I listened to it on Audible and I really like just as a, you know, I have it now for forever and it's her Mm. reading it and it is just so powerful. So you imagine those words, imagine her speaking them to you and it is incredible. So I highly like, you know, I triple endorse uh, that recommendation for that book. And if, um, yeah, if if you don't have the the bandwidth to sit down and read it, then download it and listen to it because it's, absolutely fantastic so so many nuggets of gold there for all of us that we need to hear so um so Laura where can people find you where can we get more Laura in our lives where where can we where's the best place to connect with you uh the best place is either probably on Instagram if you shoot a quick DM I normally reply to you when I can um which is Look at McLeod Education, uh, and my website also has a has a contact form on it as well, which is also McLeodEducation.com.au. Wonderful. Well, you have been absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for being so open and sharing your stories with with us. I've I've absolutely loved talking to you. Thank you. Thanks for sharing some of your day with me today. I hope it's given you a little boost. To continue the conversation or access any of the resources mentioned in this episode, visit michellebroadbent.com.au. And if you want to give me a boost, you can hit subscribe and be sure to tell your friends. Speak soon. Speak soon.